Hello, welcome to Elation Space, a mental health podcast, and I'm your host, Camila. Today I'm going to start with a question or an amazing or a shocking information I came across online. Do you know that Finland has no standardized tests? Yeah, like students go to class, there is no you getting um, a B or a D or your GPA having a 3, nothing. You go to class, learn and you move on to another class. Wow, that, that for me was mind-blowing because growing up, my grades were pretty, pretty very important to my parents, you know, like you um the school closes you go home and they're like yeah give us the report card what did you get you got a d camilla are you serious are you studying in school huh are you wasting my money paying school fees <laughs> and all that i know maybe some of you have also gone through the same um so the grading system has been <laughs> but uh it's amazing because finland i don't know how these guys have done it but their education system do not use the grading system now they only have an exception um, through something called the national matriculation exam, which is a voluntary, voluntary or an optional <laughs> test for students at the end of an upper secondary school, which most of you may not know it as high school. So all these children throughout Finland are graded on an individualized basis and grading system set by their teacher, not the A to F or you know how the GPA works. No, the teacher is the one who grades them according to an individualized basis. So, tracking the overall progress is done by the Ministry of Education, which samples groups across different ranges of schools. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> yes, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the education system, uh, especially the grading criteria, in which I am so much against. But let's see, let's get to learn my thoughts, the advantages, the disadvantages, and all that. Now, when you think of school, chances are you think of grades, right? Grades are an essential component of the educational system. They are used by college admissions committee to determine acceptance, by parents to understand how their child is performing, and by students to judge their own success or failure. Grading systems have both positive and negative effects on students. In some cases, they are unavoidable, while in others, it may be preferred to learn without regards for grades, like me here. Now, to truly understand what grades mean, we are going to look at the history of grades, what the traditional grading system is, of course, the benefits and the drawbacks, and my general view of the effects of grades to mental health. Now, to the history of grades. You take grades at face value as a student or as a person. But have you ever wondered how grades came to be part of the educational system in the first place? Now, according to our research, grades are relatively a new phenomenon. Yes, it's just dated back to only like to the 1940s. Prior to the existence of grades, as we know them today, Harvard and other 18th and 19th century universities relied on medals and class rank to communicate how much knowledge a specific student gained while attending school. Surprisingly, the primary reason for the development of grades in the 19th and 20th century was to facilitate communication between institutions. Schools and teachers needed a way to communicate students' readiness and accomplishment as small colleges were established 
and those that already existed grew in size. Prior to the widespread adoption of the current A2F scale or A2E, in some cases, like in Kenya, we use A2E scale, most teachers evaluated their students using a 100-point scale, a scale with so many gradations. However, this was not reliable, and researchers at the time recommended switching to a 5-point scale, which is now the A, B, C, D, E, or F, to normalize scores between teachers. Neither the creation of grading system nor its subsequent revision were done primarily for the benefit of student learning. No, historically, the grades existed primarily for the benefit of institutions. This one shook me for real. The grades we're using today in other terms is, it was never meant for students, it was just meant for institutions to just know how this institution um, performs and to just distinguish it with other institutions not for the students. Okay, let's go to the traditional grading system. The A to F letter grading scale is one of the most well-known and traditional grading scales around the world. Some schools may add a plus or a minus, you know, like a B plus, a B minus, or a C plus, and all that. The letter grades in traditional grading report, the number of points earned in a subject, but not much about what the students had learned. Proponents argue that standard-based grading provides better feedback by accessing how well students meet measurable milestones and objectives. This, in turn, improves instructions for each individual student and gives students more opportunities to demonstrate that they've learned the material before moving on. Now, these letter grades are not only unnecessary, but are also detrimental. According to one study, Children who are graded and encouraged to try to improve their grades lose interest in learning overall. They avoid difficult tasks whenever possible because, you know, difficult tasks means that there's high chances of you failing. So for them to get a high chance or a high probability of getting the A, they'll go for easier task. And they think less deeply than children who are not graded. The issue isn't with how we grade nor is it limited to students who perform particularly well or poorly in school. The problem is inherently with the grading system. That is why the best teachers and schools substitute narrative reports. You know, they substitute um, the grading system for narrative reports, which are qualitative accounts of students' performance. Or better yet, these schools have conferences with students and parents for grades. These are like grade-like reports where parents come and they discuss with the teacher how the student performs. What is the effects of grade on mental health? When all children are expected to learn at the same rate, you know, like the system of, if you're going to compare how a fish and a lizard, you know, the person who reaches the top of the tree fastest is the cleverest one. Then, you know, we've lost the, mean, lost the meaning of understanding how good someone is because these are two different environments one survives well on air some the other one survives well on water so i feel this like the grading system you know some are good academically others are good in sports very different and it's not like because you're not good in sports or you're not good in academics you want to do well in life i know like actually most of most rich people in the world are like athletes people who dropped out of school you know, and all that. So this grading system, again, not my cup of coffee. 
and it has had a very, very negative effect on mental health, especially to our students or children. So when all children are expected to learn at the same rate, the academic level is determined by a later grade, which is mentally taxing, really. Many children's mental health is harmed by grades, which diminish their self-worth. Students do not all learn in the same way or at the same rate, and grades are given ruthlessly to students who work hard. Kids will do better in school if we focused on their efforts to learn and really try to get them to understand the subject rather than just moving on and leaving from behind. Parents, teachers, and administrators expect all children to be great and to learn at the same rate. But not all children are the same. Students put themselves under pressure simply to meet the expectation that these adults have set for them. Academic stress, according to research, increases the likelihood of adolescents developing anxiety or depression. Students may stay up, to, up late to complete schoolwork and they perform worse the next day as a result of lack of sleep. To meet deadlines, they become mentally and physically exhausted and jeopardize their overall health. In addition, children believe that their worth is determined by their grades in school. Teachers compare them to other children in addition to comparing them to themselves. When students are not all the same and learn at different rates, it leads to mental health problems. People will argue that the kids are overreacting and simply don't want to do the schoolwork, but students are piled up with stuff that just keeps coming with grades, such as friends, family, growing up, you know, a lot of changes. School will not be school without grades, but perhaps kids will be happier if teachers were more lenient with grading and weighed their assignments differently. Many students are working hard, but some parents would rather their children have a good grade than good mental health. That is so bad. Students simply need time to focus on themselves for a moment, to figure themselves out, because there is so much going on in this adolescent's life or this student's life that they feel like none of it matters if they do not get a grade that would get them into college or high school. Grades kill mental health which is why children should not only think highly of themselves when they receive a good grade on something. There are other things to celebrate in life, you know. You are not the letter grade on your report card. And parents and teachers must begin to focus on the students rather than the grades on the paper. According to a 2019 Pew Research Center report, 70% of 13 to 17-year-olds surveyed believed anxiety and depression are a major problem among their peers. And this same group, many of whom are now students in our colleges, identify grade pressure as the most significant factor leading to these mental health issues. 88% of these also said that they feel either a lot or some grade pressure. Even more troubling are the number of teens who have experienced depression, which is 13% of 12 to 17-year-olds, according to a 2017 survey. And actually, we have students who have attempted suicide, which is 8.9% of those surveyed from 9th to 12th grade in 2019, according to the CDC, American CDC. 8.9 attempted suicide because of the grading system. You know, like you feel you're afraid to tell your parents, so the next option is, yeah, suicide. Statistics on depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation among college students paint a similar picture. Grades are a major source of academic stress, which is directly related to their health 
crisis of students. Now, I know I've talked a lot of negativity about the grading system, but actually there are some advantages. Very few, but there are some advantages. So we are going to talk about the advantages of the grading system, then we'll move to the drawbacks of it. One of the advantages is the standardization is a universal recognition. In almost any part of the world, people will understand what an A, B, C, D, or E letter grade stands for. This allows students to easily see where they stand in terms of academic performance. It also provides students with a quantifiable scale on which to set their own goals for how to achieve good grades. Number two, the grading system is simple to grasp. Their system is designed to be as straightforward as possible because each percentage is associated with a letter grade. It is simple to understand for students, teachers, administration committees, and parents used for comparison. Teachers, okay, this is an advantage, but also a disadvantage. So in an advantage, this is how it is. Teachers can use the scale to see how a student compares to the rest of, to the, rest of the class. This not only assists college admission committees in determining who is prepared for college level academics, but it can also assist the teacher to understand where specific students need additional assistance, you know. So they know where your weakness is and as a teacher, they have to put an effort in it. Now, let's go to the drawbacks of grades. Number one is subjectivity. Subjectivity persists in grades despite the fact that the letter grade is universally recognized and accepted. While this is less true in subjects such as math and science, where the answers are black and white, the subjectivity of grading is most visible in subjects like English, you know, like when a teacher tells you to write, um, to write a story, <laughs> to give an assignment to write a story, you know, this will be biased because the teacher is going to grade you depending on what they feel, how the story is. The, the grading won't be actually the same to when another teacher grades you. You know, it's not like maths when one plus one is one or one plus one is two. So anywhere in the world, it has to be two. But when it's, you're, maybe you're writing a composition or, you know, <laughs> any of this, it, it differs from the understanding of one teacher to the other. So that is very subject, subjective. What uh, one teacher considers an A may be also different to what another teacher considers an A. Number two, limited. A student's learning may not be accurately reflected by the grading system. There is no explanation for how a student obtained the grade they did. Examine grades to determine if a student's performing is at the expected level. Number three, the grading system is tied to self-worth. According to the majority of college freshmen, which is 80%, their self-worth is linked to their academic performance and competence. This can be a problem if a student receives a low grade and then takes it personally, becoming overwhelmed by the stress. Number four, parental opinion, something I went through myself. Many parents place a high value on grades and may punish their children if they do not meet the expectation. You know, in these families, like, you don't get anything less than a B in this house and so on and so forth. This could put a strain on a parent-child relationship. Alternatively, if properly managed, it may increase a child's motivation to succeed. But if a student is not a performer, then it really strains the relationship with the parents. Number five, there is high stakes in this. There are frequently high stakes associated with grades, making them matter. Colleges, for example, consider a student's GPA as well as other factors, such as standardized test results, 
when admitting a new class of freshmen. Yes. Last but not least is grades have become the end goal for most students out here. Grades which were originally intended to be an effective means of learning have evolved into a goal. Grades compel students to memorize the details required to pass a test, often at the expense of true comprehension of that subject matter. The student's personal development is, become a, is becoming a footnote in this process, you know, overshadowed by the critical importance of grades. Surprisingly, the importance you place on grades within the confines of educational facilities differs from the importance companies place on grades. Perhaps society's structural reliance on grades has resulted in an exaggerated sense of importance, leading us to develop sub-optimal skills that do not translate directly to the workplace. First, personally, I am not um, a good at mastering things. I am not good at cramming. So when we were in high school, um, <laughs> I had a friend who was just so good at cramming. Like, you just give them this doll, cram it. Then when it go to exams, they jot it down. Me, on the other hand, I, I'm not good at cramming. Like, I, I, can, I mean, I can cram. But, you know, give me in an examination room, everything evaporates. So for me, I have to understand the concept, not just cram it. I have to understand the concept. So that's when I'm in the examination room and in case I... Kinda, you know, it's like I have a little flair and everything, I forget everything. But if I had understood the concept, it's easy for me to know, to put it down on paper. I'm not sure if I'm alone in that, but, you know, because of the grading system, people are, it's not about understanding the subject, it's about passing the subject. So people will do whatever it takes as fast as they pass the subject. So if it's cramming, they will cram and all that. But they, at the end of the day, that's why we get people who finish um, schools. They are not really um, good to implement what they studied in class in real life practice because they did not really comprehend what they learned in class. They just, you know, they just crammed everything and put it in the exam and put it in the exams and they are done with it. So, again, I am totally not in support. Totally not in support of the grading system. The grades are crucial, yes, for the educational paradigm. They are like a useful measurement tool that is simple to manage, store, and transmit. When dealing with a large group of students, these factors are, in a way, important. The primary goal of education should always be to broaden one's knowledge and understanding so that they can apply what they learn in real-world situation. But this is not the case. It's obvious that this is possible with or without grades. But the system is so linked with grades that it's difficult to imagine. Can you imagine an education system without grades? Like you just go and learn and you're not graded. Either the GPA or the A to F system, no grades. You just learn, understand, and go home. I mean, that's better. If that system will ever be implemented, I will have no issue going back to school. Okay, now as I conclude, do you agree with me that countries should scrap off the grading system? I agree. My hand is up actually. If you do or not, let me know on our social media handles. You can comment there and tell us what are your thoughts on the grading system. Because I'm personally not in support of the grading system. But I want to know your thoughts. Yes, so actually today was a short episode. But I hope... I hope you've learned something, especially how Finland does not have a standardized test. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. 
So kindly follow us on our social media handles that is on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter at Elationspace. And you can go to our website, elationspace.home.blog to learn the work that we do. And we also have blogs. <laughs> we have articles there concerning mental health. Our podcasts are also on our website if you want to access them and all that. So for me, I would like to say thank you for if you have been with me till now. I hope you have a wonderful day or good evening or a wonderful night wherever you are. I here to say goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Bye-bye.